Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Paper Tuesdays with Michael Dwyer, Mark Halpin and Robbie Dunn. Yes. But I was very surprised at myself there I got the number of episodes correctly. I didn't sound hesitant about it. Yeah. It. Well done. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have got it. Yeah. <laughs> We're now into 2021, Mark. Mm. What a time to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who would have thought we'd still be alive at this stage? Yeah. I'm sure we made it. Isn't it great that you are uh, opening into a year with a new personal venture being at Mark Alpin Fitness? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's something I've always wanted to do. It's been something I've talked about for years and it's great years, to finally yeah. be actually doing it and, mm. you know, diving into it. Mm. The response has been great. So, yeah, thanks to everyone who's shared it and liked and reached out and got in touch. So, yeah. Yeah. This is glad to be going. Paper Tuesdays fitness classes, really, I suppose. This is the next step. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of the Paper Tuesdays community, it's always that we got such a great response to the Crystal Special. It was brilliant. It was just such a joy to be part of it all and to to bring it to a wider audience, wasn't it? Yeah, it was mad. The the, the reaction to it, I suppose, was great. Yeah. Like how, how much people engaged with it and shared it and talked about it and how much views it got. Like it was great. And like if it made you know, someone's Christmas a bit less boring seeing as they were stuck in for it, then that's exactly what it was meant to do. Yeah. So it was it was unusual Christmas not to go on about it too much, but like something I wasn't feeling very Christmasy and then Christmas morning then with the whole family and exchange of presents mark. Mm. It just it um it's the presence and seeing the joy light up in someone else's eyes, even if it is a material object that you're exchanging or whatever, it's the thought behind the gift that, that really does have a value that you can't put a price on. Yeah. It's Did you great, experience the same? or? Yeah, well, I, I didn't get to see it. We got, uh, we done Chris Kindle, sort of all the cousins and stuff. So I, my cousin lives down the road. I didn't actually see him open and rotten like that. But you see it in other people's faces and... Mm. Um, even even my own like I got a present that's probably I don't know how much it's worth but it was like uh, this kit of like uh, there's like Epsom salts Himalayan salts like a uh, rub uh, arnica gel like it was like this present selection box type thing and it's the best present I've ever got I was yeah. so so happy with it like and it was probably not that expensive or anything like that so it just shows the thought means the most about it and someone yeah. thought got me stuff I'd actually use yeah exactly so, yeah that's and like that's what sort of Christmas is about. Like, I don't care if someone bought me something worth 500 euro, like an, an ankle bracelet worth 500 euro that I'm not going to wear. Like, mm. you know, it's, I'd rather something that costs a tenner that I actually show that the person pays attention to me. Or, yes. You know? Yeah. Mm. That's the most important. It pays attention. It's, <laughs> it's a cold term, uh, but it really does sum a lot up uh, that, you know, it's, um, it's in like, actually I, I, um, Wrote my grandparents two poems, uh, yeah. for and I read them to them, and they were delighted with them. That's and um, yeah, maybe I got my poetry inspiration Ooh. from your good self. <laughs> they are original OG patreons <laughs> of the Paper Tuesdays. Yeah. So <laughs> they, um, but like you say, listening and paying attention to, mm. there were stuff in the poems that like it's stories that I've heard from them three or four times, and it. Because I was including them, and it would have been simple things of simple memories from their life, and mm. it was me including them and weaving it into their poem that they, you know, they they love that. They love you know? it. Yeah, everyone likes to feel part of, yeah, or seen, I suppose. But like everyone, you know, to be acknowledged. Yeah. 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 Which is nice, for everyone. I yeah. Suppose. I, I find this podcast and I suppose I suppose it's just because it's a podcast, it's documenting friendship or it's documenting conversations. But like when we. I tried to bring the idea of embracing your own individuality in the last one. And now we're exploring this whole idea of 
acknowledging oneself and it's totally different now obviously it's related but like these are such simple concepts and yet we tend to we tend to uh bump into them along the way of this podcast don't we mm. completely by accident like we've come into this podcast with absolutely no plan at all really yeah. we don't have yeah. articles we don't have uh, <laughs> a flood we don't have a guest we don't have anything <laughs> But sure, here we are all the same talking. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Mark, we have started, um, myself and yourself have started a group WhatsApp chat. Can you tell us a bit about this? Yeah, so what day was it? Two days ago, I text. I think it was only yesterday, Mark. Yeah, I sent a text into the group asking if anybody wanted to join me in doing 90 days of cold showers. Mm. And you jumped at it, Robbie yeah. jumped away from it. <laughs> <laughs> which is the natural proclivity of people and I get the same I've asked people in the house here to join me in it but they won't do it I've been doing cold showers for about a month already and it it, it's, it changes your life because um, like it's hard to explain about one day, I'll, I'll go back to the start of it anyway yeah, so I started um, one day I was just thought uh, I was in a, I think I was in a rush but you know the way when you turn on a shower did I talk about this already? No, no. no. You know when you turn on a shower, it can be the, fr- the water comes out at first. It hasn't heated up yet, mm. so it's cold water, and this is like off the the gas or whatever the electric. Mm. I know I'm not a plumber, but it like the cold water comes out first and it takes about thirty seconds to heat up. So I just got in anyway without thinking, and the cold water was there, and I felt it, and I felt immediate like it, it warmed up or whatever but i when i when the hot war warm water hit me i felt so appreciative of it and i just had a better day that day than i had the day previous so i thought there's something to that right there's something to the cold and i have had periods where i've been really disciplined about cold showers before but i sort of fell off but then the next day i was like i'm gonna do it again on purpose and it did happen for about a week i do it again on purpose do it again on purpose and then i started going to the other shower in the house because that stays colder for longer the other one actually doesn't stay on cold even if put to the coldest so now what i've built up to is i do five minutes in cold of a cold shower and then i go and do the regular shower to heat myself up but what i found yesterday was i found myself getting into the hot shower after the cold shower and turning the shower water back to cold because i preferred the cold wow and I it's changed the cold water has changed my outlook on life because I do it every morning and it's something I have to do and it's not as if it's easy for me like I'm there see I do it after my breakfast but while I'm making my breakfast I'm thinking about getting in that cold shower and how much I don't want to do it but every morning I make myself do it all these excuses will come up in your head and mm. a little and you'll they'll notch and be like why are you doing this it's going to be freezing cold it's cold outside anyway you're going to feel cold the ground is going to be cold why would you do that you might get sick you might get hypothermia all of it is just nonsense lies it's the story in your own head that is making you choose comfort over discomfort but if every day you can overcome that get into the cold shower and choose discomfort seek actively seek actively seeking discomfort um uh integrates into the rest of your life and that that personality trait is something that can be built and it can be built through cold showers and it's it's not something that I've just decided or I'm stronger than anyone else. I just feel that fear of getting in that cold and I do it anyway. Mm. And I've built up to it. So don't go doing five cold, five minute cold showers straight away. Well, you are and you're actually sticking to it. So do, maybe I'm wrong there. But the best thing to do is do it gradually, feel the benefits of it and then lean into it. 
but it, there is a massive amount of value to be gained from just that even like there's loads of health benefits to cold showers as well but the main thing i've got is mindset is just to actively be uncomfortable mm. on purpose and you'll find that you'll do it in all other aspects of your life just subconsciously just to seize one of the thoughts there that you raised there mark um it's important you, what you described there is a verbal definition of the inner bitch and that's mm. what joe rogan <laughs> speaks about a good bit mm. and what i gain from that is um it's your inner bitch is your inner bitch it's no one else's inner bitch it's no one else can describe what what expressions might come to you so for you it's the coldness from the ground for mm. someone else it might be the fact that there's something else they can be doing they mm. could you know they could get into work earlier and then that'd be good you know mm. so it's these little distractions that our mind just you know because we we like to keep the comfort uh, you know keep comfortable in life and it's mm. it's i think I don't, I don't know who where i read it but discomfort is the first step on your on your on the path to growth mm. and that's an important re- message to remember mm. so um, that's been that's been the most important thing i think well yeah the most important thing behind the discipline of the cold shower is to remember what's going on and to notice your thoughts and to notice when it's the inner bitch, it's mm. and there's no one else. You know, it's not rationalization. It's 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 just um, a voice that needs to be crushed and crucified. Mm. Now, I could uh, the 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 key for me in the five minute call shower mark mm. is breath work. Yeah. I don't. I haven't done Wim Hof yet. Yeah. But I have to. Well, I I force myself to get into a rhythm of focusing on breathing in through the nose and letting it all go out again Mm. and focusing on the nasal intake. That is the key pillar of it. Mm. And I I think we've spoken with Robbie before about it and how that journalist who wrote the book on Betwork, James, I think is his first name, and he was on with Joe Rogan and he was clinical in his analysis and p- piecing together uh, the importance of rape work. And he was even, he even cited an example of there are monks in, uh, I think he said some mountain region like the Himalayas or out, out in Nepal or somewhere like that. And they uh, are able to keep themselves warm um, solely through the imag- the visualisation of maybe a fire in the pit of their belly. Mm. And that that and, and just through the rhythm of focusing that on the mind and inhaling that they, they manage to keep themselves warm so it's simple things like that that make the five minutes fly by mm. um so i suppose the pillar of where we're uh, i know i know we as uh, actually mark you were dead set on because this is a 90 day challenge that we have set ourselves mm. you were you've set her uh you've set <laughs> because it's a 90 day challenge you we, we you wanted to make it accountable mm. so tell us um what, why is accountability important and why have we chosen the avenue of a group WhatsApp chat when we already have we're already in two WhatsApp chats together? Yeah, it's just it's accountability is all it is. And it's you have to like every day what we do is we just put in an emoji like a, a snowflake or a tick to say, right, I've done it. Because when you're accountable to someone else, then it's not just you. It's uh, it's like when you're part of a team or you're part of uh whatever community a group you know it's not just you you're doing it for us so now we're sort of the two of us are both doing it so it's like if the message goes in and say you've done it and i haven't done it that day i'm like oh shit right i better go do it right because mm. i've committed to this now with you and then we're both gonna do it together so and we have a date so it, the goal is smart it's specific measurable it's attainable it's realistic and it's within a time frame yeah so all of those things are there so we've set it up to 
that it's going to be achieved all you have to do every day is show up mm. Mark I, I would be keen I would love if there's any paper choosing that wants to dive in and you know brave this challenge uh, DM us on the Instagram and mm. we'll throw you into that WhatsApp group I, yeah. I, I've no premonition or, or I think it would be great to have yeah. I'd say uh, Thomas O'Neill is rubbing his hands with glee. Mm. I always think of the lad out in Vancouver. He's yeah. only dying to take part and connect with his home bro- brothers in a way that, uh, yeah, it's not like pints over Zoom anyway. It's no. a, it's a far more. He just <laughs> have to stand outside in the cold yeah. in Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Look, if you want to do the challenge, get involved with us. Send us a message and we'll add you into the group chat. Mark, as we emerge from this festive season, uh, let's not for- forget the beautiful moments that you celebrated over a glass of red wine. I'm going to read a few quotes now. I had a glass of red wine today and I immediately gained a superiority complex. I spent the rest of the day reading at the Taurus, or excuse me, at the Taurus front to back and then the whole Bible with the goal in mind to dispute it when I was done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a fun day. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, the day I'm asked to pose in matching pyjamas with somebody is the day I join Mark Patrick Hederman in the monastery. <laughs> <laughs> they were all the rage, though, weren't they? They were. They were. You and Ashlyn didn't uh, go for it. Did she? No, I think you? Ashlyn would never do such a yeah, thing. Yeah, I think yeah. you'd be the one to suggest <laughs> that, actually. <laughs> She'd be the one to reject it. <laughs> Green and, and uh, yellow team, paper chooses pyjamas. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wouldn't do it. Mm. absolutely no way yeah yeah <laughs> in other weird and wonderful news in in our, our world um favorite school tour mark have you a favorite Ooh, the zoo i reckon do you remember going did you do biology in junior cert no no we went to the the boglands or the docklands or something like that that was the worst that was awful <laughs> you know that um the chipper down in oh and you're going to wexford castle bridge oh yeah the frying irishman the frying irishman we yeah. stopped there for food that was the highlight of the day oh, right just, okay we're doing, oh the sob land that's the sob land. yeah, yeah we were I doing think... ecology tests you'd like oh you'd, you'd throw like a, a like a sheet of paper on the ground and then yeah. you had to look what was underneath the sheet of paper it was like grass a ladybug a bit of dirt and you'd like record all this and then you had some lad who looked like he was in Lord of the Rings bringing you around the slob lands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should go there sometime, Mark. I think they have Canadian um, geese that migrate just to the slob lands and then they go back over to really? Canada. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why one of their key claims to fame, that's why they're a preserved area of uh, natural really? preservation. Yeah, yeah. So there you are. Yeah. Um, posture, Mark. Mm. That was another thing that we have here on our magical list. Mm. What uh, what have you got to say about posture? What have I got? To, oh, well, I'm not sure. I think that was you put that on the list, was it? Or was it me? But maybe posture. it was. it's so long ago. Um, yeah. Actually, I'm going to. You've just completed, and <laughs> you're you're blowing me away with your uh, discipline as, and your focus as a result and drive as a result of your recent course and your mm. new endeavor. Um, a lot of a mark must be the fact that you know fitness was something that was on your mind in secondary school. Fast forward the clock, six years mm. and at least, and now you're you're on the cusp of something, and it seems like you have a hold of it and you don't want to let go of it. Yeah, yeah. I suppose I just I doing what is interesting to me, and this is something that's interesting to me, and 
look I I love doing it and there is uh, there's risk to it mm. like there is risk to starting a business and there's obviously you know the the fear of what you know things going wrong and all these other things it's the same inner bitch that comes into your head it's the story you tell yourself in your own head of why you can't do these things why I can't start my own business because it's a saturated market or mm, it's this yeah. or it's that whereas like you you haven't even tried like at least yeah. now I'll go to my grave if this doesn't work I'll die knowing I tried mm. and I'll die happier knowing that because if I never tried this I never tried to start this business I'd never know and it would eat away at me and gnaw away at me and it had been gnawing away at me that I haven't done it yet and now I have yeah. and I feel lighter as a result like yeah. I've got it out of my system and now it's I'm, I want to lean in and I want to make it successful if it doesn't happen if things go wrong we'll readjust and we'll keep going we'll either keep going or I'll call it off but I, I'll know either way I tried yeah we're working together now for the next few months anyway and I'm I'm delighted and would highly recommend you as both a friend but as also just on your expertise and your um willingness to serve as uh, and understanding of the role of a trainer mm. that's uh, w- a definite att- attribute of your of your skill set mm. but mark um you you instantly spotted things there in our initial consultation regarding posture and how my own posture like it, it needs to change in the in the form of bringing the shoulders back and mm. um, is that just something that you've learned in the recent three months spell or is it something that you know you would constantly see someone and you'd be like Janie if they took a step back now and instead of just doing that piece of exercise if they looked at the body as a whole uh, in a holistic way that needs to be um, strengthened, weakened, or well, not weakened, but strengthened and refined. Um, mm. Do you see that approach, or what? Did you yeah, it's that? it's a matter of education, and it was a matter of education on my part. <clears throat> It'd be wrong of me to try and pretend I knew all this stuff all along. It's just come from literally sitting down, reading, doing the research, finding out for myself what these things are and how they're fixed and what causes them. <clears throat> and I do see people and like. Look, my posture isn't perfect. Nobody's is, but uh, I know how to, you know, try to mitigate the damage of the lifestyles we live now, like by sitting down all day, by driving, commuting, uh, the effects of an incorrect training program where, you know, if people, lads who bench press all day, their shoulders end up in here like this. They're not doing any pulling motions, but they're, they're exercising all day and they're wondering why they're still so tight and you know like people and it's it's a lack of education and it's a lack of education i suffered from in the past and if i can help people along that goal to try get them in a more uh to improve their posture get them in a better place physically to where you know they're more mobile they feel freer they feel fitter they feel healthier and happier then that's that's makes it all worthwhile that makes me happy like that's why i've done this like i actually want a, a meaningful job i want to help people and that's exactly why i've started this business you know i could give a fuck about you know i don't care what car I drive right like that i literally just want people to feel and experience the things that i've been able to feel and experience through my own education Jesus, I've, uh, i looked at the football there in dublin cavern yesterday evening and it really struck me our football is gone to shite in the championship. They need to come up with something. They need to come up with something. I don't know whether it's splitting Dublin in two or changing the format of the championship. But the quality of games is absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. I think the golden era of football 
was from 98 to 2004. Because there was characters in the game, there was there was a bit of crack in it. Like, you look at Dublin, they're just... Like, yeah, they're exceptional footballers and they're absolutely fantastic. No problem with that, but... There's just no development about them. Whereas you look at the great Kerry teams and no, he's like the O'Shea's and Galvin and lads like that. There was a bit of development about them, lads. Like, bring, bring back the characters in Gaelic football. Paddy O'Shea, lads like that. Because I am sick of looking at robots and lads that are just no crack. Ooh, <laughs> there's a sucker punch there at the end, isn't there? Yeah. Development, gone out of Gaelic football. Um... I don't know, Mark. I don't know. There's something to be admired from the clinical nature of a sports team sometimes, and that is something to be admired in Dublin. But, mm. like, I think sometimes maybe we're not seeing the wood from the trees, and maybe we just sit back and admire Dublin and let them be, well, then, like, Dublin are not going... I don't think Dublin are going to be at the top forever. No. And there are examples of their clinical nature uh, in the fact that I, I saw on LinkedIn uh, photos of the dressing room mm. after they left it mm. and Mark was spotless. Yeah. Like, so they're applying the, uh, what's the, sweep the... Sweep the dressing room after yourself. The yeah, there, there's a name on, yeah, the All Blacks anyway, aspired for uh, sweep the sheds or something like that. Mm. Um, So, like, I, I don't know, do you agree with James? I agree with him. In terms of there being, there is a lack of character now because it's more of a professional sport. You know, you can't get the local psychopath going in playing fullback and <laughs> tearing the heads off, lads. You know, he actually has to be fit. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, it's not, you don't get, you know, the incidents where, you know, you had Paul Galvin and, you know, what the things he did. Yeah. But, uh, like, and the Gooch. He doesn't didn't look like a footballer yet. He was the greatest of all time. Those sort of anomalies, yeah. I think, is what James is saying. We're missing. Whereas you have now professional style athletes like Dublin footballers. Yeah. Do you think though, Mark, that that gives the space for these characters to emerge again because they will be new? Mm-hmm. Like I always think um, that, like, there's t- statements go around that you know, young people today aren't as persistent. But that means that if someone actually tries hard and meets goals that they will succeed and like it, it gives if the bar is lower well then more can rise to to bring bring the bar higher if that makes sense mm. uh, it, so uh, um, that probably isn't a fair comparison when we're, when we're looking at double because they're they're supreme athletes yeah. but um you know like I, i'd say more people likes of you know, a bit of honesty about it as well in podcasts. Say, uh, Eddie Brennan and what he said there at the, uh, um, in the Sports Job yeah. uh, podcast. Like, that, that that moment of, like, Eddie Brennan just speaking honestly. and Like, Eddie Brennan is still going to be successful as a manager. Yeah. Like, he's brilliant. He's not, not long, no longer with Leash, but now he's with Kula. So, yeah. like, the path may have been stormy there for Eddie Brennan, but mm. it's still working out for the betterment. Yeah. Um, there, we, we've... We've, it's like when you're in a, a leaving sort of English class and you're trying to piece together an essay. It's uh, that was a three random components there jumbled <laughs> together. But uh, I I stand by it. I, I I will come up with anything to overcome the the sheer monotony of the flash flood. Yeah, he didn't. He sounded very dejected there, didn't he? It wasn't a yeah. whole lot of life in his voice. He probably too many uh, peronies. Yeah, it's Christmas. not Dublin's fault that we don't have the characters. It's 
it's it's up to the characters to rise again and come up and you know retain their own boldness. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that they're gone forever either, you know. They're always going to be some weirdos going to flash, flash up out of nowhere. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. 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 It is. We live fun. in hope. <laughs> we do, we do. Mark, you did some research for this. Um, asking a Gap Avalanche. Tell me about that. Oh, uh, asking, a, the asking a Gap Avalanche. Yeah. So, I was delivering furniture up to Asking a Gap a while ago and... Uh, there was It was very cold, like, it wasn't snowing, but it was very cold, so... I said to the man in the van beside me, uh, does it ever snow much up here? It gets freezing cold. And he said, this is the only place in Ireland where someone has ever died from an avalanche. No way. Yeah. So there was an avalanche in Asking a Gap in the 1800s. And I think it killed a family. Jenny, man. Yeah. Came down off mountain and killed a family. Yeah. In the house, I think. Yeah. If you look it up on Google, it's there. Um, Sure, might have a wee look now. But while we're speaking about um, weird weather events, I'm almost certain a family member of mine got lost uh, from Clare, got lost in the snowstorm. Never made it. Never made it home. When? Like this is back around oh, the same time. Like yeah. weird time. Uh, like sure, mad weather events happened, and oh, locals mark 150th anniversary of tragic Wicklow avalanche. Jenny yep. Mac, the avalanche of 1867 killed a whole family in Wicklow, and. Um, days of heavy snowfall in 1867 led to the um, six members of the Mulhall family dying on the night. Um, Cheney, Mac. Yep. That's cruel, isn't it? Crazy stuff. Yeah. Do you... Uh, same with this pandemic, Mark. Do you ever think to yourself, like, um, you know, maybe we need a bit of a broader perspective, like, uh, that, you know, there were men in World War Two and fighting in the trenches and there was no... Talk of Jenny, how are they going to feel now? And what you know, like the bigger, can we can't compare this pandemic with a world war and the 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 horror and the the sheer tragedy of it all. Mm. Um, do we need a broader perspective in general and uh, and to be remain conscious of how um the tragic loss of life in the past, be it in in the form of an asking a gap avalanche or on um on the front in the in World War One. So are we comparing like <laughs> I'm just something that struck me was that like you know maybe we're we're thinking we're we've got a bit soft when it comes to the pandemic and we think Janie you know life is so cruel that we can't go to the pub or whatever but like mm. for more it was worse and you were conscripted to go to war and you you face death or just living in rat infested trenches that weren't nice and pretty like mm. uh, have, do we take our comforts for granted sometimes maybe yeah we absolutely do like th- there's no comparison between us me and you we're in a pandemic now but we're sitting here on comfy couches mm. drinking green tea and kombucha eating luxury <laughs> chocolates while in a heated room like with yeah. the lights on and televisions and all this stuff like we're not in the Dunbrody yeah. we're not on a famine ship yeah. we don't have English guards or whatever coming in killing our family members and do you think that's why we reached to the likes of these cold showers as ways to make discomfort part of our life because otherwise we just have days of comfort yeah. do you see that or yeah like you become like this like gluttonous fat cat 
with the way with everything that's offered to us now like you can literally just do nothing and sit there and eat all day and you'd think that that would make you happy but it doesn't it makes you the complete opposite yeah it makes you miserable what makes you happy is actually suffering yeah for some strange reason whatever way the monkeys we live in are built yeah it has to suffer for it to be effective mm. for it to work correctly I wonder do we inherit those characteristics like our answers is to get us to where we are today had to um, overcome so much struggle and challenges and now as life has become owing to progress and to a lot to be grateful for it, um, we, we need um, we need avenues to explore those challenges and uh, to overcome that inner urge and inner instinct to be it suffer or um, pursue a discipline mm. but do we not always go into these zones of like suffering or pain or whatever with the hope of gaining better yeah so we can be comfortable yes which is a strange relationship yeah because comfort makes us unhappy discomfort makes us happy but we go into the discomfort with the promise that we will end up in comfort from going into the discomfort Mm. Mm. you know like we will will do like whatever we'll do this and then we'll be successful and have a big house and a big car and we won't have to do anything and we can go sit on the beach all day and drink cocktails when then if you're sitting on the beach all day drinking cocktails you become miserable yeah yeah but But it's the in the actual process that is where the fulfillment is to be derived i think rather than the actual goal yeah and you have um covered that in the past but like just to go with that for a few moments like joe rogan there has signed a hundred million dollar spotify deal and yet, um, he's still doing his cold showers. He's still doing his sauna. Mm. He definitely has the comforts, but he still chooses the path of discipline. Mm. Um, that that's a role model that I take. You you actually um, we have a few people lined up on the podcast in the coming weeks, and one includes your trainer, Shawnee Davitt, mm. the previous trainer, yeah, for jiu jitsu. Mm. Do you, you must, I'm sure we'll discuss this with him in person, but like the traits that he shows as a, maybe a man that is what, 10 years older than you, do you aspire to emulate some of those? Is that what you see when you're learning a martial art from somebody else who is disciplined as well? Yeah, it shows you where you can go when someone's at that level that all he did was just he kept showing up and he, he he said that to us like in class that he was where everyone starts at zero and he's at say 10 now he's a black belt but he he had to start at zero he had to work his way up to 10 and everyone has to do that you know nobody just jumps in and is on day one is a black belt in jujitsu yeah he just showed up every day yeah even when he didn't want to and then you that's how he ended up where he is yeah, we mentioned it in passing at the start, Mark, about how, you know, new year, new you, and we'll see, do you know what, I actually think we'll hear more people say, oh, new year's resolutions are a lot of nonsense, a lot of crap, don't do them. Uh, you'd hear that more often than you'd hear someone say, oh, I'm going to do this in the next new yeah. year, whatever. But what they're dismissing is the fact that, you know, a new year's resolution will start on the 1st of January. But what I don't like about that is just so be it so be it that there's new year new you that that you you want to uh, vent about that okay start the new year new you on the 2nd of january start it you know be it the 31st of january mm. the, pa- the the 
the power of resolutions is a positive one mm. and documenting and keeping yourself accountable to it i know we're mentioning it in passing here in in bits and pieces and that what we're exploring but if, if we are to offer any message today it's not to ignore uh, the opportunity of a new year but to see the opportunity of a new day mm. now that's a lovely lyrical fancy <laughs> schmancy expression there but like it's just like do you do you apply and uh, do you do you put down new resolutions each day or week or month, Mark? You haven't done it in the no, past. No, no, I haven't. I've never done. I haven't done New Year's resolutions or anything like that. But I don't discourage them at all. I just, you know, they ma- it makes sense to say, oh, you know, New Year's resolutions. Don't wait until don't wait until New Year to do it. Is basically a way of looking at it. But any step in the right direction is a right step. Yeah. So if you're moving towards something positive, fucking do it. You're thinking about doing it, doing it. Don't listen to people who are going to tell you not to do it because oh, you're going to fall off or whatever. Anyone who is worth listening to will tell you to go for it. Yeah. To actually, the people that are telling you not to try something new or try to get better at something are people who are afraid that you actually might do it and prove them wrong. You said that perfectly, Mac. Yeah. Mm. I I couldn't agree more. Um. And that gains momentum. No matter what way you you go. It builds momentum in that direction. So even if you're gonna fall off after a week, you've took you've had a week of positive momentum behind you. Yeah. And you st- it builds, it swings things in your favor. Yeah. So give we, it a go. Try it. Yeah. In the past, we've had Jordan Peterson and compound interest, but you're kind of drawn on. I think um, this man, Brian Keane, and rewire your mindset. He deals with that. Um, doesn't he? Uh, in. In a chapter there, I saw it briefly when I was going through. Did you read the whole book while we were waiting? <laughs> um, you, you must know what I'm talking about, Mark. It's the title of a latest chapter. Um, do, 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 do. The Compound Effect. Oh, sure. mm. That's what it, we were talking about, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that, that is... You, you gained a lot from that mm. um, area of the book, yeah? Yeah, it's a great book. Yeah. Wire Your Mindset by Brian Keane. It's definitely worth reading. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's an important. It's the same I said before in the podcast about the snowball effect. Yeah, things build on each other. Momentum is important, and momentum can go either way. So you have to, yeah, you do have to try steer it in which way you want to go. Compliments, Mark. Mm. I put this on the thing. I used to think I'd overcome this little vice of mine, but I haven't. I can't really take compliments. I yeah, I, I'm not able to do it. Yeah. and uh, it's yes. It, you know, you should view it as uh, being strong enough and grateful enough to be able to say thanks for a compliment mm. and to accept it and take it in your stride. Yep. But in practice, I have I have not been able to do so. Mm. Uh, normally, I just give a blank response. I'm not able... Mm. To, I, I just don't... I, I have been very clinical in the past in saying that, oh no, my ego cannot hear that. Mm. And it's... I think it's self-defeating that is you're, it's almost like you're hammering a stick against yourself yeah um and some are using a stick to beat yourself up and sometimes sometimes I'm able to overcome it in simple ways so this person might give me a compliment and then the next day I might say oh about that yeah uh and I'll say something in passing about it just to show that you know the, oh, I heard what they said and I'm grateful for it but it's machine like and I, I I don't know. It was just something that struck me, and I said, "That's something I want to discuss with Mark." What do you, What do you make of that? Yeah, it's I. I was the exact same as you, and I took conscious training, and it felt uncomfortable at first to just say thank you to compliments. It really did, but yeah. and your mind goes, 
say argue with them or say, that they, say yeah, yeah like you know that's not true or like say oh that's because of this or someone says you played yeah. well in the match like oh the rest deflect of the rest it. it's easy to play with a good team yeah. or something like that you deflect it and you don't take it in and it's really hard you have to train yourself to just say oh thanks and then like give them a compliment back or whatever yeah and that takes a lot of just it just takes practice but it definitely because <laughs> that's how you talk to yourself that's negative self-talk is what that is when yeah. you go oh i can't take a compliment because then my you say my ego will get too big again it's just a stupid story to tell yourself yeah it's not your ego being too big it's what someone else thinks of you you say oh thank you i like the fact that they think that about me yeah because and that's no matter what you say if you deflect that from you if you try to deflect that and say something negative about yourself then that person is going to see that as well as like oh i wonder you know why does he think that but i yeah. thought he was this way maybe he's not Do you know yeah. so just start yeah. to say thank you it's that's all you don't have to say anything else and you think because you think oh if if i say uh thank you to this person they're going to think oh well you know that's not how he's going to think this they don't they, they literally mean when someone says something nice to you they're saying it because they mean it for the most part yeah so just say thank you yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. You could be a therapist and a fitness trainer any day of the week, Mark Halpin. Now, you uh, enjoyment of driving a tractor. Tell us about this, Mark. Oh, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. Like, uh, um, we in school anyway. Like, lads have gone about all oh, the big tick farmers, you know, and they love. Oh, I love driving tractors, and like you'd take the piss out of them. But like, I was thinking back the other day, and I was reminiscing about driving tractors and farming out in Australia. And Jason is just driven yeah, past. Yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> but it's deadly. It's cool. Like, it's cool. Driving machinery is fun, and it's like it's hard to describe unless you've driven a tractor or is like, it because there's a power of a machine behind you like even though it's moving slowly there is a lot of power in it oh yeah there's a lot of, yeah it's a power thing and you know you're up high and you're in you're in a big it's basically like you know being in a big transformer like and you have all these buttons and stuff and you're doing practical work but it's like you're sitting in a video game sort of doing you know it's mm. like farming simulator but you're actually farming <laughs> so yeah jobs like farming and stuff like that the, they're actually enjoyable and you can say oh why would someone go do these laboring jobs or whatever but they're actually there is something to be found in them like there is enjoyment to be found in these tasks yeah you know it's that's a very good point and i always admire tradespeople and i think i think we are going to see a lack of tradespeople maybe in the future like mm. because it's a skill and to see that skill uh you know with fewer people involved but then maybe it's uh you don't get that maybe that skill labor isn't there i don't know i'm rambling now but uh like th- there's such a craft in even pursuing an apprenticeship you know mm. going do serving your time and yeah my father did that when he was a plasterer and yeah it's um it's something that society always kind of needs and even since i think this sure this stretches back as far as the 1500s and you know journeymen and seven year to learn your trade be it as a baker or a carpenter or, and uh, then you were a master of your trade mm. um and i suppose it just reflects how even in these trades and uh, even just to draw it back again is that you know it, it comes from hard work and patience and putting in the years and um yeah, so that's why we're advertising the need for people to drive tractors and to enjoy it. Yeah. 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 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Mark, your research has no bounds. Mm. Uh, William Brown, Mayo Man, founds Argentinian Navy, and George Thomas, the Tipperary man who ruled a small Indian kingdom. Tell us about them. Yeah, I can't remember how I came across this. I was looking up something on Reddit. Do you ever go on Reddit? Oh, I've the app downloaded. It's, I love Reddit. Oh, it's so yeah. It's the bottomless pit, though, isn't it? Like, you oh yeah, hours and hours, hours and hours. Yeah, it's yeah. reading the opinions of anonymous yeah. weirdos on the internet. Absolutely, who think to pop up. everything they say is fact. But anyway, this <laughs> is actually proven because it's on Wikipedia. Yeah, <clears throat> but there was a man from Tipperary who was he? He became a prince, or was it? He he owned his own kingdom, or uh, yeah, he, he yeah. had a kingdom in India. Yeah, William Brown, I think. We'll just do a bit of a from uh, was it Care or whoever the two Johnnies are from? Oh right, okay. In the same area is where this fellow was from. Yeah, um, or sorry, it was George Thomas. It was the Mayo man, and um, the William Brown fella. He found he was the Mayo man who founded the um, Argentinian Navy, and like that, the Argentine the um, Argentinian ambassador has been to Mayo and they had a ceremony and the, some of the members of the Argentinian Navy came and they unveiled a monument in Mayo. Really? So he, he's taken as a big deal. Yeah. Um, so there you have it now. But yeah, George Thomas nicknamed Jahari Young and Jahazi's Jahazi Sahib. Uh, yeah, he was an Irish mercenary and later a Rajah, which I... <laughs> 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 the Raja from Tipperary. The Raja, of course, Mark, is a. It's from Sanskrit. Is a royal title for a monarch equivalent to a king or princely ruler. Wow, Cheney mm. Mac, what a life. Um, but yeah, he was born in seventeen fifty six in Roscrea, Tipperary, and he died in Bengal in eighteen o two. He was only forty five or forty six. So I'm going. Wouldn't you love to live a life of adventure like he did? Yeah, that's mad. It's the uh, action-packed life. Yeah. Like Maradona's it was sort of cut short, but it was full of... like there was, It was all go, all yeah. gas, no brakes. He deserted the British Navy at the age of 25 in Madras in 1782. Still illiterate at the age of 32, he led a group of Pindaris north to Delhi and he took service under another lad. Uh, Begum Samru though he was the favourite general of Begum Samru due to jealous intrigues of his French rival the Vassalot he was supplanted in 1792 in her favour he then transferred his allegiance to Appa Kande Rao a Maratha chieftain he worked for another lad and uh, in return for service to the Mahardas he was made the Jagir of Jagir here he constructed a fort and it was known locally as Jahazgar my goodness. A man from Ross Cray. Yeah. Oh. One historian describes his conquest as oval in shape with ill-defined and ever-shifting frontiers. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what that relates to, but... Wow, what a life. The Rajah from Tipperary. We salute him. We salute him. Paper yeah. chooses awards him the title of executive producer. He's, he's our inspiration. A he's, parishioner of the week. Yeah, parishioner of the week is right. No, I think we should mention our uh, new arrivals, Michael. Yes, Mark. I'm going to let you tee that up while I go for a pee. Okay, so today our hats arrived from Body Bro, our Paper Tuesdays hats. So they will be going out to the respective Patreon subscribers um, within the coming days. They are very sort of Harry Potterish in nature, but I like them. They're very nice. Michael... Uh, was expecting more of a wavy texture to them, but Michael and his textures tend to get a bit uh, 
persnickety, if that's a word. So, well, I'll throw up a photo of Michael on my Instagram. I think it's already up, but we'll put one on the Paper Tuesday's Instagram page and you can see for yourselves. There are a few more left over if anyone wants to reach out and you're not a Patreon subscriber and you would like one, please get in touch. Uh, they are, I'll just give a, a quick ad for them while Michael is urinating. So, these new Paper Tuesdays hats are green and yellow and they are beanies and they have a little bobble at the top. Um, what else? They don't, yeah, they just smell like hats. Uh, they fit all head shapes and sizes, well, most of them. Uh, they just about fit mine. That's it. Now there's not much longer I can talk to myself. I can hear the toilet flushing. Who's that? Michael has met Shane in the hallway. And Michael is back. Amazing. Yes, and the shout out. Did you go through the Patreons back? No, I didn't go through the Patreons. Uh, well, we'd yeah. have to give a shout out to our executive producers who include uh, Connor Moore, Gavin Stamp, and Alex Murphy. And then on the producers list, we have uh, John O'Hallan, Avian Halpin. Uh, we also have Thomas O'Neill, Connor Kinsella. Uh, Breed Brown of Bandwagon's podcast, and um, I think that is it. Did I miss anyone? Uh, no, just to mention no. our newest uh, pay, our executive producer, Connor Moore of yeah. Sound Out Rhythm and yeah. the Tara Hill Drumming School yeah. up there. So check him out on Instagram Do. and all the social media platforms. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Having anxiety versus suffering from anxiety. Mm, this ties in, well, it's not we've been through, it's the field of fear and do it anyway, I think. Uh, right. have, everyone has anxiety um, it comes on naturally but to know what it is and push through it is not suffering from anxiety suffering from anxiety is letting anxiety beat you wow okay feel the fear feel the fear and do it anyway brilliant that's a great motto yeah that's um, why it comes with cold showers as well that principle yeah yeah like I, I feel anxious about things I still do them yeah like I let's I, I feel reluctant but I, I have to I, I want to do it um, when we were going through our fitness consultation um, we went through goals and that's an important part of the fitness consultation process you know um, having something that you're working towards so that it's not just um, not just a combination of exercises just a random yeah, cocktail so I just want what you're saying there so if I got into a taxi and asked the taxi driver to take me anywhere but here yeah and he left me in Donegal whereas I wanted God to go forbid. to where, I wanted to go to yeah, I wanted yeah. to go to Rat Mines and I said well what, what am I doing here he's yeah. like well you said anywhere other than here yeah it's like well you didn't say where you wanted to go and then when at that off quoted um, phrase now it, it, it works with some goals but in others I, I take a different approach but with smart goals that would they be um, specific Measurable, attainable, um, reachable, realistic, realistic, and uh, time, time frame. Time frame. Um, so when we applied that to our goals um, for our consultation, I, I felt that anxiety. I mm. was like, oh, do I really want to put a date down for that? Because then you have to do it. Yeah, you have yeah. to do it. That's a commitment, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the whole point of the consultation is it's airy-fairy and then it's bang. You find out what we want and then there it is. And that's anxiety provoking as well. It's like, oh shit, now I have to do this. Yeah. Thing. And there's pressure on it, like, and now, yeah, but you have to follow through with it and you just have to make that anxiety in your brain shut up. Or yeah. it, maybe it doesn't shut up fully, but you, you let it be there and you do it anyway. 
that's part of the human process as well though Mark isn't it navigating when that that reaction is saying take a different course or Mm. you know it it takes a human it it takes solid judgement to know when it's right and when it's not yeah do you you agree or what do you see yeah Uh, I think you will know I think uh, you do know if what the difference between the two hmm but I think if we let that feeling overcome ourselves, it's very easy to lose sight of it. Like yes. I, I, to be honest, it, it just depends on your frame of mind. Like, and it, it can easily, um, it, it can. You need to keep a bit of control about it, mind mm-hmm. control. Yeah, as that is a brilliant concept. Uh, you'd hear it in that Akira, the Don, and um, who is it? Jocko Willink Jocko, is yeah. massive on it. Mm. Mind control and. Like, it's such a simple premise, but it, it's quite empowering, isn't it? Would you ever draw on that as well, Mark, to, in overcoming this anxiety, then just to try and give some structure to our conversation that, that in overcoming anxiety, you need mind control? Yeah, and there's methods to do it. It's not magic and it's not the way you're born. It's um, engaging the executive processing function of your brain. And that can be done with things like exercise, meditation, cold showers, your habits, conducting these habits will lead you to be more rational in your thinking and less emotional and you can make better decisions and you can understand the sort of what's going on in your brain if it's being a bitch or it's actually telling you you're doing the wrong thing here yeah you're better able to tell the difference between the two whereas if you're overwhelmed emotionally everything is flying in 100 miles an hour and you don't know what's going on yeah. you're just reacting to what's happening yes as it comes in yeah that reacting thing mark like i think Sometimes we can, when we consume too much news, we get that. Mm. Because, you know, oh, how many today, with, even with the COVID cases, you know, yeah. if we don't uh, be uh, measured and uh, disciplined in how we consume our news content, even that can spill over into other parts of our lives. All right, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be ignorant here and say, I don't know how many COVID cases there have been. Well, you're dead, right? And I haven't for ages. Yeah. <laughs> I don't look at it, I don't care. If someone says, oh, I just sort of zone out because it's not going to help me yeah. to know. Yeah, I just, and I know that seems like foreign gobbledygook to some people, like because and it, it used to be to me. I don't think we've discussed this stuff ever. Like I used to consume the news. Uh, there was a time when uh, I think I've told you anyway that um, there was a time when my grandmother used to get annoyed that, um, God rest her, that um, that I used to want to watch the six o'clock and the nine o'clock news, and really? she was like trying to say, you know, there is no difference. And I, it was only <laughs> six or seven. Yeah, I was only six or seven or a, a child, but like. Now, I haven't watched the news in three months, I'd say. And it's just because we need to, like, if there's actually something important coming up or going on, you'll hear it through a waiter, you'll hear it through someone that's serving you your coffee, mm. you know, you will hear it through people. And it's yeah. much nicer to have it through people as part of conversation yeah. rather than through, um, and rather than through just news, firing at you, breaking news, news flash. Yeah. And um, I suppose... It, it it does hit your ego sometimes you're like oh Janie why are you, are you living under a rock or whatever but like you just have to kind of roll it like just know that you're better off not knowing that uh, better off knowing that uh, you didn't have to search your phone 10 times to get the latest news hmm. and uh, that one update wasn't you know it, it's not worth the time that you are spending um, on yeah. edge if something if something news related is really important it'll probably find you yes you yeah. don't need to go looking for it. Yeah. 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 Whereas if you're, you know, you can be in on the head with information and like there's a reason people tune into the news and like their excuses that, oh, I need to be well informed about what's going on in the world. Like 
not really. Not not what they're saying. There's plenty. There's a million fucking thousand. God knows how many things are happening at the minute right now. Yeah. And they pick out these things that make a yeah. nice little story and hold your yeah. attention. And this is scary. Yeah. And oh my God, no, what's happening now? And <laughs> Belfast and people are flying into Belfast. And oh, fucking stop it. Like, what am I going to like? I have things to do today. Like, yeah. I, I'm not worried about that lad flying into Belfast and going to Sligo. Why didn't we hammer Michal all about this yeah. last week? Why didn't we say to Michal, Michal, stop it. Just stop. tell us the simple news that we need to know. Yeah. <laughs> the weather. And that's it. Yeah. No, news is a big thing. That's a big thing, is um, not giving too much weight to the news. and you Yeah. Because a lot of it is um, scaremongering. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately. Um synchronicities Mark I didn't really understand this word until mm. uh, you put it in the chat tell us about synchronicities uh, so I don't know what the reason for him is I wouldn't be too into the magic of it all but like mm. you know you say what was something happened with us recently uh, well the, the reason you put that in the group was because uh, we we were talking about Randall Carson and he popped up in your feed I think that was it oh yeah uh, Randall Carson yeah yeah, and the mathematics and he was actually dealing with synchronicities in that yeah, uh, talk yeah. as well yeah. Um, yeah it happens in weird ways and it actually Terence McKemmon deals with it as well he doesn't offer an answer and that's the beauty I suppose of the mystery of life um, mm. referencing I suppose Mark Patrick Hedeman's podcast there um, but like uh, synchronicities can be as simple as I actually would say when I was younger, I'd hear a word and then three or four days later, I'd hear the word again and it's a word that you wouldn't have heard previously. Mm. And then you just heard it twice. Yeah. And, uh, so it's those little small coincidences of our lives that, uh, you know, make people go, Jamie Mac, that's mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's one of those unexplainable Actually, things. Yeah, well, unexplainable. That's it, Mark. I, w- I got a big book and I'm loving it at the moment. My uncle got it for me for Christmas. It's the Dead of the Irish Revolution. So it's all the people that died um, in between 1916 and 1921. Mm. And Mark, I'm only a few pages in, but like, it's just mad to see it on paper. Mm. You assume that, oh yeah, the Easter Rising happened. So uh, all the Irish shot the English and all the English, then were, there were a few English died, a few Irish died. Then they shot the main leaders. Then people got angry. Mm. Now this simplistic version of history just has to, is stripped back by this book mm. because you see the Catholic nurse from Carlo who died in the hospital that the rebels seized. You see the Catholic um, policemen that were killed because they said, "Ah, don't be going up there." And then out of a, an act of bravado on the path of these rebels who are not accustomed to war, that's the messiness and nature of revolution. Mm. That they then then he's then put, said later now hang on, relax yourself when you're with a gun, you shouldn't really have shot your man. You know, so you get that messiness. Mm. So, sorry, you must be <laughs> stumped as no, to no, why no. I'm bringing this yeah. up. But I got this big book, so that size, and I was skipping through the pages when I first got it, and I was like, Cheney, where am I going to start? I'd love to know something. And just landed on, a, on an incident, mm. and it was of a, a member... It was a British man anyway. He was an Englishman. And he was killed in Inch and Gorey County, Wexford. Mm. And a member of my family may have been involved in it. And like that was the first one. And only two people in North Wexford died during that period. And yet I happened to land on that page. Jesus. You know, so yeah. that's what I mean about synchronicity. Like, yeah, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's mad. Um, but do, do you have any thoughts on that, Mark? How, you know, when you, you take things for Granted, I, I know I'm more interested in the history and all, but do, do you, what do you take from that whole ramble there about um, how 
it's not straightforward when you look at who dies in, say, the Easter Rising. Yeah, I would have, my extent of knowledge would have been that overview, really, of the 19, 1916 Rising. But we don't, we don't see the day-to-day ins and outs of war. Yeah. You know, and like, um, like what goes on in Afghanistan or like what happened in Vietnam and things like that. Yeah. Like, Jesus, when you actually hear about some of the stories that went on and the tunnels and things in Vietnam and like the camps and what's going on in China at the minute. Yeah. With the fuck, with the, uh, I think it's Muslims, isn't it? They're yeah. rounding up and putting in camps and stuff. And like, that's going on today. Like right now, like, like it's crazy. The depths of how, evil people can get like i was listening to i think it was jordan peterson the night before last and he was saying that just how you know this integration of the shadow and how how horrible people actually can be is that you know what can hurt you but then what ties into that is you're a human and you also know that what hurts you will hurt them so you can find what hurts you the most and inflict that on someone else and you can do it for a really long time because you can hold them at the edge of death that's that's a great description mark what um i think a similar statement from peterson is that the human being has capacity to be as evil as the concentration camp guard or as you know as beautiful and as altruistic as you know i don't know just um or Teresa. Mother Teresa, yeah. Mm. Mother Teresa, wow. Some contrast, you know. <laughs> yeah. But like that is in every one of us. And mm. that's mad. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's mad well, who was, I don't know who said the quote, but it's that your branches can't go all the way up to heaven if your roots don't stem down to hell. Yeah. I think so that was need... young, I think. Yeah, maybe. Carl Jung, I think. Yeah, was, yeah. yeah. And speaking of, a lot of this is to do with young. And you said shadow there. And uh, to be honest, and young, uh, some of these concepts now I'm not familiar with. I, Give us a, a synopsis of what, what is involved in, in the, shadow. The, and shadow. the shadow and disintegration you mentioned as well, the shadow. It's all, I think like what Jung sort of studied was this, the unconscious, wasn't it? And yeah. that's sort of what we don't know, but it's, it is there. Mm. And like, it's, I'm not saying that I understand this uh, process of getting someone to the edge of death because I've, I've been there myself or I've done it. No, I understand. Just, I understand that that's a capability of what I'm, the, what, my uh that it's a potential thing that i could stem towards if i'm not careful so i need to be diligent about how i spend my time and thinking and what i focus on because it can go that way yeah you know and we all need to be sorry sorry but we all need i think that's what jung was sort of getting at is that we need to be aware of the shadow that lies behind us so that we can aim at the light in front of us okay yeah so that by using the word shadow there we're i suppose we're expressing that this reflects the darker side of the human personality and then you know that we need to orient and end ourselves towards light Mm. and i suppose that's the whole winter season as well you know that we will emerge from um the darkest period of uh, of the year um being the shortest uh, daylight period of the winter solstice and come into the light of spring and, and onward. so you know we see that in nature and we can see it in ourselves as well maybe mm. um so that's yeah i'd like to i like to sketch uh lines where there might not be anyone any. um on young, I actually did an archetype test yesterday, and I don't understand any of it. But <laughs> it was very interesting. Now, mm. I uh, I was viewed as the seeker, as my main archetype. What so, does that mean? Now? Uh, that that you like to pursue an original meaning. Um, 
no, I'm not giving a proper explanation here, but another one actually that was very high up in the list was creator. And I could actually recognize with that because that in being a creator, you are always looking to do things and make things in the, in the hope of leaving a legacy. But mm. as well as that, you one of the shadow the shadow of that archetype mm. is that you do too much and you create you need to um well not that you need to but these people are more inclined then to have too many things going on and then it can be like spinning plates mm. yeah so that was an interesting one mm. uh but look it's it's more i don't know i'm not i'm not an expert in it and i don't really fully understand what's going on with the whole archetypes things but it's mm. it's a, that's an interesting warm it's like an analysis uh, again it links to self-development and improvement of our mindset and everything so it's worth uh journeying in anyway mm. that's what i find anyway yeah 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 um this has been a very serious uh, <clears throat> one when you think about it relax when doing something this is kind of related it's on our list mark mm. um i find that we attain greater results from some from an activity when we actually relax and not be focused on hell-bent on something something might actually just happen if we relax when completing a task and allow ourselves to um um i'm not sure how to describe it like just to embrace the process of something rather than uh, letting one build up that anxi- inner anxiety within ourselves. Mm. Do you recognise that, or what do you think? Mm. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Yeah. Uh, it's I think you're sort of getting that getting out of your own way. Do you know? Is it? Ooh, that mean, like, I've never heard of that phrase. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah, like getting like just allowing yourself to do the task rather than overthinking it or uh, flow state. I suppose it could yeah, be called yeah. as well. Yeah, just to, to not. I suppose become flustered or yeah to overthink it yeah maybe not over analyzing tasks or sort of. that's a very good one as well yeah and it's something that we need now in this new year because we've come back from a two-week break and now i'm sure things will be like oh jenny i didn't have time to fix that or do that and then just do it just you know go out and do it and you know uh not be uh frustrated by uh the fact that it's not done or hasn't been done yet you know yeah that might crop up in some people yeah. Any other closing thoughts, Mark? Or? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that is everything. Don't think I've anything else there, no. Uh, no, just if there is anything that um you'd like to get in touch with us about. Oh, a letter to the editor. Actually, I suppose we need one of those. Oh yeah. Um. So, Mark, I got one in here. To, uh, it's that letters to the editor at paperchooses.com. My best friend is trying to get pregnant and has recently told me our friendship will have to change because of it. Mainly because she thinks that I drink too much. We haven't spoken since and I don't know what to do. I'm supportive of her plans but hurt that she thinks I have to change. What should I do, Paper Chooses? Love the show. Take care. So what's the relationship between the two of them? So it's a best friend Mm. and her friend. I think Mm. it's two women. Mm. And uh, so one best friend is trying to get pregnant and says that the friendship between the two friends has to change because... Mm. um, the best friend who wants to get pregnant says that the other best friend drinks too much. Mm. And um, there's just a bit of a frost there between the friendship and um, the the best friend who isn't trying to get pregnant isn't sure what she has to do. And she's a little bit hurt that, the, that she thinks that she has to change her lifestyle. Yeah, if you have to drink with someone to be around them, they're not your best friend. They're someone you drink with. Yeah. That's... that's, a, that's What's going on there? 
okay. <laughs> I think that would, that's an yeah. oversimplification. But yeah, if you can't do things other than drink with someone, then they're not your best friend. Yeah. Maybe they need to get used to coffee on a Sunday morning instead of... Uh, coffee and walks and podcasts. Coffee and, and walks podcasts. Yeah, that's the only way to do things. Yeah. Man up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my advice anyway. Yeah, well, look, I hope that helps them. And... Um, yeah, what have we learned today, Mark? We've learned to, we've gone everywhere. Yeah, we did. We went everywhere, but uh, I we've suppose we've learned that Patreons of Paper Tuesdays are well rewarded with nice hats. Mm-hmm. They have, yeah, they're on the way. Yeah, they'll be sorted. <laughs> uh, what did we learn today? I suppose text us if you want to be in the call shower challenge. Yes, we dare you. I Maybe. dare you. Yeah, I dare you to text me. <laughs> <laughs>